Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me once again this week is Chris Hetler, head coach of the Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse team. Chris, thanks for for braving the rain and and uh, the the downpours and we joining spoke me too today. soon, Joe. We we thought we had spring last week, and and well. It's back to back to what we've had. Well, I mean, this so. is kind of this is kind of <laughs> New England spring now, isn't? It? At least it's not. At least it's not 30 degrees out. Uh, you know, we're once again recording this at Riverside Barbecue in Nashua. Uh, we'll be here pretty much every Wednesday around uh, 6:30, 7 o'clock throughout the season. You can send us questions for an upcoming show by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com, or you can t- uh, get at us on Twitter at nhhsports, uh, or you can come on down and grab some barbecue and listen to us live. Uh, the show was available every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. Uh, Coach, what kind of uh, or what stood out to you most this week uh, now that we're, what, two and a half weeks into the season? Well, this kind of seemed like with vacation week, this kind of seemed like the uh, the week for interdivisional uh, matchups with, with D1s playing D2s and a lot of great out-of-state out of state matchups too as well. So a lot of things we can dive into here, but some interesting matchups that happened since we last talked last Wednesday. Yeah, a lot going on uh, in terms of, um, you know, who's – going where and playing where and, and who's you know what what we're learning about I guess teams too because of course we always think we know what's going on and then you know someone goes and beats up on someone else that we weren't quite expecting and you know kind of has to you have to readjust a little bit um, you know I think one of the uh, and I'll talk about a game I was at over the weekend um, you know that I think a, a few people kind of you know raised their eyebrows over was um, Saturday's game against uh, Bishop Girton and BC High down in Boston, um, which I, I'm going to say I'm, I'm very glad I, I, for once in my life, left early for something, because if you've tried to get into the f- into that field at, at BC High, um, I, it took me a good 20 minutes to find the parking lot, because you're just you're <laughs> driving around in circles because of all the construction that's going on down there, the weird traffic patterns. <coughs> my GPS was, every time I seemed to make a turn, it wanted me to turn around and go the other way, down a one-way street. I, <laughs> you know... If if it had been something else, maybe I would have said, you know, screw this, I'm going home. But well, you might have had trouble finding finding your home there, but 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 it looks like BG did a did a great job of finding the net in that game, and um, you know that score of 12-9, it was actually kind of a little bit deceiving. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like BG had that game under control, some goals late in that game, um, you know, just a, a fantastic win for the state with against a team who was in the. Uh, the Massachusetts Division One finals last year, and is another you know favored to get back there. One of the favorites to get back there again this season. Kind of kind of puts our yeah. kind of puts our yeah. uh, state on the map. Yeah. Um, yes, it was a it was a 12-6 game actually with a with less than four minutes to go, uh, and BC High got two quick goals to make it 12-8. And um, I don't know too much of what you know any of the players or coaches were thinking, but I was starting to get a little wondering like, is this this felt like it was in hand. Is it not actually in hand? Just because, um, you know, BC High is, is one of the, the better probably defensive teams, not just in Mass or New Hampshire, but in the region. Uh, the 12 goals that they gave up was the most they'd given up since giving up 12 to uh, Zavarian Brothers two years ago. So, you know, that's and, – and it couldn't have been more than the third or fourth time they've given up double digits in that time. So, I mean, th- their defense is, is usually – pretty sound well talking to coach talking to coach Cameron BC High did some things that that uh they weren't accustomed to where to in order to stop Brian which I was a little bit surprised at because their their top defenseman is one of the best in the country and you know it seemed like they bracketed they almost zoned 
the corners in order mm-hmm. to not allow Brian to to push the corner and uh, go one on one, and it kind of gave up some other some other skip lanes and some some good cutting angles for for Brian to find uh, his teammates and and probably took BCI out of out of what they really wanted to do. Um, so I was a little bit surprised. It was disappointing. You know, I would have liked to see Brian Brian and the other you know their their top defensemen go at it one on one. Because um, it just it, it's a great story. It's a, yeah, you know? it's an interesting and matchup. So. They did. Um, I mean, they did hold him without a goal, uh, which I mean. But didn't he? Have, he had five, he or had six five assists. assists yeah, but so. they had. Yeah. So it was one of those. Yeah. You. I mean, you can try and do that and, and, and keep him from scoring. But I mean, they're the kind of team that. You know, you talk about having multiple threats, and they they really are anybody that's out there on that top line. Uh, it can score from you know at any given time. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing, it doesn't surprise me that BC High fought back in that game. I was at the I was at the championship last year against Lincoln Sudbury, and you know, uh, again, my brother coaches for that team uh, for Lincoln Sudbury, and the whole time we're sitting there feeling good. You know, they race out to a big lead, and then all of a sudden, BC High comes comes back in that game and almost almost wins it in the last minute after being down big. So it's a group of kids, and a, it's a well coached team, and a group of kids that have a lot of experience. That so it doesn't surprise me that they were able to battle back in that game. Well, what was interesting was I I had forgotten about this until I went back and looked at it but the roles were a, a bit reversed last year it, it was BC High that got out to the big lead at halftime and BG that came back and made it a game um, before ultimately losing that one uh, so kind of um, you know something that I think they were very uh, cognizant of at halftime was you know this this was the situation you know we were this in game's last not year over. yeah we gotta, it's we not gotta done keep fighting. Um, um, you know what? What else in Division One? Um, you know, you, of course, you got you know BG at six and zero atop the division, Pinkerton at five and zero after yesterday's uh, you know big second half against uh, Bedford. They come back and win that one. Um, you know, five. Uh, Pinker- Pinkerton finding a way, a gritty way. You know, it looked like um, Osier, Tereski, Mason, Druin, those guys all stepped up big in the second half of that game, in a, in a very tight game in the first half. Um, you know. Looks like looks like it took a little while maybe for Pinkerton to, to get things going, but they they had had a relatively easy time up until up until that game of breaking things open early and then being able to play the bench. So it might have been one of those things. It's vacation week. You're not really maybe you're not as focused as you should have been. Um, I think they're also dealing with a couple injuries, you know, and maybe some guys in new roles. So all those things may have contributed to a little bit of a slow start there. But you can see they're a very explosive team. Would they would they put in five they goals in the five, third quarter? Five goals in the last five minutes of the yeah. third quarter to go to go from to down. Break it open. They were down four three at halftime, tied at four four in the third, and then you know broke that four four tie open. Um, and really, it felt like you know just a matter of time because in that third quarter because they'd had possession for most of it um, and just couldn't you know couldn't find a, a way to break through until it just you know um, the floodgates kind of opened for them. Uh, and of course, they got a. What's I think is going to be an interesting game tomorrow night, Thursday night against Sauhegan, which you know really has been a team so far this year that has risen to the level, to the level of the opponent. To the level playing, of the yeah. opponent, yeah, yeah. You know they they um, that was the other game for the on Saturday there against Framingham. Right, they, they went go down to Framingham. They were up seven two at one point in that game and ended up losing eight seven in overtime. Just, just an absolute heartbreaker there yeah. to, to be up that big and then you know in an out of a state opponent and. Um, you know, again, we talked about seeding and things like that, and you know, to have that loss to Bedford already, and then you know, potentially to be able to pick up some points out of state, and just a, just would have been a nice win in general. Um, 
you know, but they they were able to bounce back and they they played BG tough. I mean, you you look at that score of fifteen four against BG, you it's don't kind of realize how how d close that game actually was in the first half. Uh, you know, six you know six two at halftime and and it was uh, hanging uh, around. Yeah, it was one of those games where I mean that that you talk about third quarters that. <laughs> trying to find some notes here. Of course, I'm grabbing <laughs> the wrong ones. Um, you know, it, it was just one of those games where it, it, it you could feel kind of the onslaught coming. Um, you know, of course, that was part of my insane Monday where I thought it would be a fantastic idea to cover four games in one day, in four different places in one day. I think I texted you at some point and said, what, if I ever come up with this idea again, <laughs> just, just tell <laughs> me don't. Yeah. Um, so by my count, uh, we had what? Uh, BG with 11 shots to start out yeah. uh, that third quarter f over the first five minutes. Um, I mean, that's the really hard part is that, that, you know, anybody that's playing BG, you have to be able to sustain the same defensive effort throughout the whole game, and, and they can just throw wave after wave of guys at you. Um, so, you know, it's it's very difficult to keep up that effort. But, I mean, that's a that's a great showing by, by Sauhegan for, for almost three quarters of play um, before really before really wearing down. Yeah, they um, took um, they took a penalty after that, like with about seven minutes left in the quarter, and then that just really got BG going. They got a goal there, um, end of the quarter on a 7-0 run in you know almost in about six minutes, uh, which, I mean, hi, when you were playing that, when you're playing defense for that long, I think against anybody, you know, that's there's the you potential for that you to give happen. You a good team too many opportunities, they're going to put the ball in the back of the net eventually. Um, you know, but uh, you know another another great out-of-state matchup that happened earlier this week in uh, Exeter and Acton Boxborough. Acton Boxborough, you know, as recently as 2013, being the Massachusetts State champions, um, coached by a good friend of mine, Pat Mandalia, down there who plays uh, plays uh, club with me. Always a strong team, good good uh, youth program. So, for for Coach Holly to bring his boys down there and get a win at Acton Boxborough on the road, that's really impressive. Um, you know, Acton Boxborough, another team that perennially will, will be be in the mix uh, going in, you know, um, with a chance to win a title down there. Uh, looks like Mike Penna just had an absolute, uh, just fantastic game with four and three. Um, you know, just a, a really impressive win for the state. Yeah, and they they get um, they get another visit from a New Hampshire team later this season too, as Bedford plays um, down there at Acton Boxborough too. Um, you know, in Exeter, uh, I'm, I'm a little interested to see, you know, there's they've got a big game coming up Thursday afternoon at Londonderry. Um, Londonderry, of course, um, made amends for, I think, last year's uh, kind of upset against Wyndham. <laughs> I think that um, one's been circled a, on, the, they, uh, on their schedule. They came out with an 18-9 win over Wyndham uh, on Monday. Uh, you know, kind of a, a game that kind of shows us something about both teams because Wyndham had been – you know, undefeated in Division Two, putting up big uh, points. You're putting up big points, but but kind of struggling a little bit in some cases defensively. Um, you know, and and giving up 18 to to Londonderry. It's, I, I mean, of course, it is moving up a division and, and yep. playing a, a, a well tougher we had, opponent. Well we we kind of had we had some questions, right? Because we saw that that Merrimack Valley they got into right. a shootout yep. with Merrimack Valley, but then but then all of a sudden they win a tight one with with Hollis. So you just didn't know, and and I I still don't think we know exactly. Uh, what kind of team they have? Um, you know, unfortunately, their game against Salem got canceled today. That would have been a good one. Um, they're going to have a. We, we can get into that when we talk a little more D two. But they're going to have a. They're going to have a packed schedule come May. coming next week. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm you know really interested to see just what 
you know, using some that game between Exeter and Londonderry is kind of another gauge. Like, you know, I've, I've seen Bedford um, a couple times. Saw Londonderry play South earlier in the season in a game where I don't think either team was really had gotten their, their outdoor game in yet, um, you know, on a, on a muddy, kind of gray, cold day. Uh, so that's really hard to, to to judge, and thankfully tomorrow's or Thursday's looking like Thursday a, by a the nice afternoon day. Looks yeah, like it's going to be a better day. Yeah, morning's going to be a little cloudy, but in a little rain. But yeah, it should be. All the games should get in tomorrow. Um, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Coach McGinnis over over at Central Manchester Central. They they had a fantastic game against uh, Merrimack Valley. Again, you know, one of the teams that in D two that we thought uh, would um, would contend this year, and they nearly pull off the upset, eleven ten. You know, looking at their scores, they, they've been right in a lot of these games. Um, you know, there's so much more sound defensively this year. Uh, they're putting up points. They're scoring goals. Um, just just a credit to uh, to the, all the work that they're putting in over over in that program. And it's just going to take some time. Um, you know, they have athletes in the school. It's just a matter of getting those guys to develop and believe. Um, but their 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 scores are showing a lot of promise. You know, I, I got to remember too. Um, don't want to move on without discussing this because this will be the last show that we do before uh, the game uh, Monday. Um, of course, you got Bishop Gurdon at Pinkerton. Hard to believe that um, that's already here because I kind of feel like that that's usually the midpoint of the season. But this year, it's a l- it feels like it's a little bit earlier than than normal. Um, you know, and it's it's an it's an interesting matchup. I know the last three years. Obviously, the, the team that's won in the regular season, you know, has lost in the playoffs. 2014, BG was able to win both games. And I think before that, you maybe two or three years, the same thing happened where yeah. the team that won the regular season ends up losing in the playoffs. Um, that's yeah, it's, it's just two, it's two great coaches that, you know, are able to make adjustments when they play each other again the first time. It's like, how much of your hand do you want to show in that first matchup? You know, and I, I feel like that might have been the case last year where – Pinkerton kind of tipped their their hat a little bit earlier on how they wanted to defend Brian, and and showed you know just it w- it was an amazing defensive effort that day and a, and a great uh, a great uh, stand in net by by Alex Sturgis, um, but I think it kind of gave BG an idea of how they were going to play him and the other big thing was you know BG was missing their faceoff guy at that time and that 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 played a big role in the finals as well. Uh, you know that y- you mentioned that that game, um, that first half of that game was one of those moments where you're just kind of you look up at the scoreboard. There's five minutes left in the second quarter, and BG hasn't scored. Uh, I think it was what two nothing at half, two nothing Pinkerton at halftime, and it was kind of like Twilight Zone. Shocking. Like what what it is was, going on here? You know, it, everything looked, I, but it, but it was a good wake up call for BG. You know the offense was really stagnant that day, and it, it gave. Um, Coach Cameron and Coach Coach Salch uh, some legs to kind of get after the guys at practice after that. Um, you know, it also it, it, it was a nice springboard for Pinkerton too. It gave them a lot of confidence for the rest of the season too that their defense was was that good. Um, you know, I'm I'm interested to see um, Pinkerton always seems to ride and ride and clear, especially ride really well against BG. They always have a great game plan. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see the chess match there this week. What kind of what kind of rides do, does Pinkerton? Th- throw at BG and uh, you know how does how does BG counter that that's kind of the one spot that they've really struggled in this year BG I mean is is being able to clear the ball and and you know get it in year in years past though coach O'Reilly has had the poles and the deep middies to be able to do that does he have that depth this year to be able to do that and does he have that trust in, in his uh, defensive players so that'll be that'll be an interesting thing to watch so that game's a, a five o'clock start over in Derry 
Um, I mean, just the day before, it's an, uh, you know they got a great right. matchup with Medfield at five o'clock there too. So again, that's something interesting to watch is like, you know, how fresh are they going to be, um, being able to have welcome BG into town or you know their kids. Let's get the yeah, adrenaline up yeah. and, and let's get after it. Yeah, Coach O'Reilly said that they uh, had to move that game. Um, not ideal, but you know if it if it means being tired on the last day in April. Uh, but maybe they get a chance to be there in, in late June. He'll, you know, he'll take it. Uh, you know, as we always say, championships aren't won and lost in April. You can you can set yourself up, but you know, you, you learn from you learn from wins and losses, and, and uh, you move on, and, and you want to win in June. Uh, you guys, Dairyfield, of course, had a uh, had a, a big game last Saturday um, at Portsmouth, uh, rematch of last year's Division Two title game. Um, you know, could have gone, could have gone either yeah. way. It was a fan, fantastic game. Felt very similar to the championship yeah. game last year in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, Six-five final, yeah. uh, and you guys were down in the first half at one uh, point, right? I believe, I believe we were down three to two mm -hmm. in the, uh, at the end of the first, and then uh, and then we were able to tie it up four-four going in, into halftime. Uh, we're able to we're able to jump out to a, a six-four lead right before the end of the third, and then and then they got one right back and and. Uh, you know, I, I remember getting done with that game and looking. I can't believe nobody scored in the fourth quarter. But it was just a it was a crazy back and forth game, um, physical physical game, but clean. I mean, just guys playing hard. Um, you know, there were some penalties, but it was just uh, you know guys being aggressive and, and playing hard. Both goalies played really well in the game. Um, just a, a really fun game to be a part of. You know, looking at the the score, um, I think the immediate thought is you know defense played really well. Um, you know, but then, you know, as you were saying, no goals in the fourth quarter. Was it kind of – was it a matter of, you know, defenses being at the top of their game or was it a little bit too of guys maybe being a little more patient, drawn out possessions a little bit longer, waiting for, you know, that right opportunity? Yep. I think there was a little bit of that. Uh, I think it was also good for both teams that it was April 21st and, you know, we, we got an opportunity – two teams got an opportunity to play against high-level, intense kids that – maybe made you make some decisions a little bit faster than you were used to. Uh, maybe, you know, defense, uh, offensively, you weren't used to having guys that could match up athletically to go against you. And, you know, you had to run your set plays perfectly. Otherwise, you weren't going to get off a great shot because you weren't just able to run by your guy and score. You know, so um, that, was, that was a nice thing for our guys to kind of see and uh, gave us stuff to work on in practice this week. Yeah. And then uh, Portsmouth bounced back. With a uh, a nice win on Monday uh, over Hollis Brookline. Hollis, you know, regardless, it's it's Hollis, and they always have a good program. And to have to turn around after playing a tough physical game on Saturday, and then turn around on Monday, go on the road, battling um, through traffic. Showing I think up, yeah, they, up right they got there. The I showed up, um, I, you know, I, running a little bit late everywhere. I showed up at 4:25 for a 4:30 game, which, you know. Is, I feel is is acceptable for a uh, <laughs> a, a report a media person trying to do multiple games. I showed up moments after Portsmouth did though, uh, which I kind of want. I was like, "Whoa, what's you know yeah. what happened here?" Yeah. Um, you know, but you add that in there, the the feeling of you know, even though they lost that game, taking a moral victory out of that, which they definitely should have, I think. Um, you know, they're it's spring break, first game of the year on grass. Um, you know, does it makes somewhat of a difference? Uh, they did get out to a two nothing lead in there, but then most of that first quarter, it almost kind of looked like they put it on cruise control. Well, you talk about you know we talked last week about um, 
you know, turf teams and, and versus grass teams and, and going on the road and home field advantage and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I don't think Portsmouth plays too many games off of turf. And you go there and, you know, I heard that Ryan Olson had a big game, um, you know, in, in just shots, you know, um, want to give a lot of credit. Jack Waldo played absolutely phenomenal against us in the game that we played. And then, you know, I heard I heard he, he struggled a little bit with with maybe the bounces on on the on the grass uh, against Hollis. And it's just a different it's just a different uh, their goalie. Yes. Oh, no, yeah. he didn't play in the, he the other kid. Uh, oh, they had a different, they had a different um, goalie. In. God, I'm forgetting his last name. Uh, Pafford. Oh, started okay. and I guess I guess they've been rotating so time gave, between so they the two. They gave yeah, it, okay. Yeah. So they gave some opportunity, but still, again, even though even though it's a different the goalie, they're still, from what I've heard, they're both they're both very good. Both, they're know? both very good. The confusing thing too was that they shared a jersey between the varsity and the JV game. Ah. So they were, you know, I looked out at the beginning of the the, the varsity their JV game and was like, wait a minute, the same kids playing, you know, I looked <laughs> up, but no, they, I I think they shared a jersey. If not, they have two. You know, jersey with the same number or on them. Was it Waldo in goal with a different jersey uh, on? Uh, not according, <laughs> not according <laughs> okay. to Coach Fisher. But still, um, you know, it it is tough to go. The ball bounces a little bit different on on grass than it does on yeah. turf. So, yeah. um, and it's uh, their first road game of the year. Right? I mean, that's just that in itself. Yep. Uh, their <laughs> their first road game, and they get stuck in traffic and and end up being late to a game. Uh, you know, they've got an interesting one coming up uh, on Monday too, uh, having to go to Londonderry. Uh, which you know, Coach that's Fisher already already sent me a text and was was worried about that game. You know, he's looking at the scores and looking what they just did to uh, what they what they just did to Wyndham, and um, you know, yeah, very nervous about about that game. But I, I think they'll be fine. They have a they have a strong team. Uh, you know, a great faceoff guy in Cole Brahms. Um, Oliver Allen's playing really well right now. Hugh McDonald. Um, they, they've got plenty of scoring punch, and, and their defense their defense is extremely good. So I expect uh, that 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 game will not get away. That won't be as high sc- high scoring, and um, you know I think Portsmouth will have a great chance to win that game. You know, uh, three teams left undefeated in Division Two right now. Of course, you know Dairyfield six and zero, Dover's at five and zero. They had a, a nice win on Friday. Uh, against Goffstown, slow, tough slow to start. Go. Always tough to play at Goffstown, yeah, too. Yeah, they got off to a slow start there and just, you know, dominated the second half of that game, kind of wore Goffstown down, which Goffstown I was impressed with. I saw them, you know, at the beginning of the season in, in uh, a jamboree, and they were still putting pieces together. And uh, I know they were missing some kids, I believe, this past Friday, but they look like a team that's that's going to be there at the end of the year. Absolutely. Uh, they've, you know, they've got tremendous athletes. They've got tremendous athletes over there and just, you know, not having turf. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time to get things put together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, th- they will. They'll be there in the end. You know, and the other undefeated team in the division right now is uh, is Winnicott at, at 5-0, and coming off, um, you Finding know, two nice win. wins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, having to going too keen and pulling out a 6-3 win, um, you know, is probably more like a, you know, 12-5 win or something like that just because of you factor in that bus ride and, and yep. you know, all that um, and then coming back and, and you know beating St. Thomas that was coming off a, a big win of its own um, you know St. Thomas is a t- another team both, both teams are impressing me right now you know St. Thomas is a very young team um, you know look, still looking for its identity on offense but uh, Coach Houlihan has, has them playing really really good defense and you know to, to go to uh, to be able to beat Hollis 6-4 and then hold a, a Winnicunit team who's who's always difficult to defend they run it they run a great offense where they you know they find your weakness and they just isolate against it and um, 
you know, hold them to a 9-6 game. And, and it, I think it was even closer than that score would indicate. It, was, it seemed like it was going back and forth. Um, you know. Which that's already a cl- pretty close. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pretty close game. Um, you know, just, you know, looking at Division II, um, you know, outside of the, the, the three teams that are undefeated, I mean, there's kind of – there looks like there's a lot of depth there. You know, I, I don't – you know, looking at this, I mean, we've talked about, you know, Goffstown and, and Winnicott and, and St. Thomas. You know, haven't even mentioned that, you know, Timberlands 4-1, and one, um, winning with four a, in a row. Win o- with a great win over Merrimack. Yeah, Merrimack, which gives them a little bit of a boost. A extra point. Um, you know, Wyndham, like we said, is 4-1 is and one with a couple of nice wins. Um, you know, uh, Goffstown's in there with a couple of wins. Bo's in there with a couple of wins. Uh, Hollis Brookline that Bo, is that Bo Keen matchup tomorrow, uh, you know, which was supposed to be today. That that one's a huge one as far as standings yeah. go. Yeah. Um, you know, Keen just getting healthy. They've been they've been missing a few of their guys, um, so that'll be an interesting score to watch tomorrow. And again, you never know who's on vacation too. Being vacation week, you never know what guys are missing. You would hope that most of your starters are there, but you know that could be another thing. But I, I still am convinced that Keen is a team to watch as the season goes on, and they're if they can get into the playoffs. Um, they unfortunately had a tough they had a tough loss to Wachusett the other day. Uh, I think it was like five three, which tells me that with that that game, I, I'm not sure what was going on in that game. That's a that's a pretty low scoring game. They, um, you know, since they opened the season with that 13-10 win over John Stark, they've scored two, three, and three goals in the, in their next three games. I, it just it, I think I think there's a combination. I've I've heard rumors that their faceoff guy is a little banged up right now, which he was a he was a tremendous weapon for them. If that's true, then that that would that would limit their the amount of touches they're going to get in the game. And then I know they've been missing one of their top midfielders and one of their top attackmen, but I've heard both those guys are back and their goalie's back, so I think they're going to be a strong team for the rest of the season. I, right right now looking at the standings, I know well it's still early, but it's next thing you know it's going to be late May. Um, looking at the standings right now, the bottom, you know, the the, the 12th place cutoff, um, the teams that are around it, you've got Merrimack Valley at 1 and 2, Hollis Brookline, Kingswood, and St. Thomas all at 2 and 3. And Merrimack Valley's not going to be there I was for well, long. What I was, was going to say is, is most of those, those that four, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the season one of them was going to finish 12th or be it, you know, I, I thought, no way. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what we've talked about from the beginning. The the, the unbalanced schedule is going to make things look weird, and, and you're not going to be. That's the, that's the great crazy part about D two is you're not going to be able to. You know, in D one, you can look at matchups midway through and kind of say, you know what, I think this team, this is going to be the four five, this is going to be the three six potentially, and you know, you get time to maybe <laughs> maybe scout and game plan for those. In D two, I remember all the way up until you were at the game that we had last year against Coffstown, we didn't know if we were going to be the one or two seed all the right, way up until yeah, the end. Yeah. And the the eight nine matchup was a, was a mystery. The the seven ten, um, you know, I, I was I was game planning for like four or five different teams in our quarterfinal <laughs> game, up until like two days before because until we you just Wednesday. didn't up the Wednesday, Wednesday where they played their quarterfinal. Um, so yeah, D two D two is crazy. Um, now, has anything been going on in Division three this week? Well, <laughs> I think um, you know Hopkinton's been pretty impressive. Uh, well, I mean, are they playing any? G- I mean, it seems oh, like there's yeah. a lot of teams that are just taking the you know that don't have any games during the break. Yep. No, it's been pretty. It's been pretty quiet in the on the D three side, um, and I didn't. I, I, I did that on accident there, but but Colby Quiet for Hopkinton has had has had a yeah <laughs> <laughs> has had a great start to the season, um, and it looks like their their goalie Alex Russo is is playing really well right now too. Um, so. 
you know, I, I think I think Hopkinson, you know, obviously we identified them coming in as the as the reigning champions. They would be a tough out, um, and I'm really looking forward to uh, that matchup with Laconia coming up down the road there where we, we think that both teams are probably going to be undefeated at the time. Well, I was going to take a look at the schedules uh, in Division Three here, but it looks like I've somehow lost Internet. So, uh, I you know, do know that they're um, – trying to remember the com games that are coming up some of the bigger ones that are coming up uh over the next couple weeks um you know but you look at the standings and it's you know if they're to be trusted you got a couple teams that are undefeated although you know pelham is at is at one and oh uh having only played one game and i think that's the way they're going to stand going into the month of uh, a month of may we talked about that last week how how that uh pelham unfortunately <laughs> They're backloaded with their schedule right now. They've got just a ton of games in the in the month of May there. You know what? So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna lay blame on this on the NHIA because uh, the other other things I had up look look like they're working. Um, you know, so you know, but it's probably um, all they, they're probably taking it down because they got they got to redo the schedule right now with all the cancellations <laughs> they've got going on right now. Should, you know, I thought they were <laughs> they were fixing that. Uh, um, you know, they, I think we talked last week a little bit about some of the interesting stretches that were coming up in D D three um, between some of those top teams. You know, um, of course, Hopkinson has a couple games against you know Kearsarge coming up. They play look. I think this is probably, you know, we, we talked about you know the unbalanced uh, schedule in Division two. Division three is much more like Division one. Even though there are some teams that don't play each other, the teams that are going to end up at the top do play each other Pretty and I, you know it's so it's kind of the only thing that could make it better is if um most of them weren't an hour hour and a half drive away yeah um you know we we talked in the beginning of the season i don't i don't think we've had a chance to talk since last week about it uh but interlakes and coach uh, kevin driscoll right had a huge yeah. win over over trinity you know and we identified them as one of those teams that like had a had a chance or at least they felt they had a chance to make the playoffs this year and so uh a great win for them uh, and a young program there, and, and potentially you know big for them to to get into one of those top eight seeds. Yeah, and um, then really cool. They they turn around the next day and get a, a, a nine six win over Guilford, which you know it, it's one of those that's it, winning the games that you're supposed to win or is is just as big of a deal I think as pulling off a couple upsets. Um, you know when you look at their their schedule, I mean yeah they've got Hopkinton on there, uh, Laconia at the end, Laconia. And Plymouth back to back to end yeah, the season, so, so those are going to be tough. <laughs> that Trinity one was huge, right? For them, yeah. But I mean, they, there's enough, you know, there's enough games on there that it looks mm -hmm. like they could, you know, sneak into the playoffs. Um, maybe not get a, a home game in that for you know, finish as a top four. That's what you got to do to get a home game. But you know, at least to get in, which I think you know, for a second year I program is huge for them. Just to get in would be would be amazing. So um, and something really to build on and build the excitement there. You know, um, they were, however, no, Hopkinton did uh, pick up a vote once again in, in this week's uh, coaches poll. Laconia um, finished just outside of the poll. Uh, overall, though, you know, not too much of a change there among the top six. I mean, in, in I, I think you got to I think you got to give the winner. If both Hopkinton and Laconia go into that game undefeated and one comes out, I, I think I think one of those teams definitely deserves to get into the into the top ten. I mean, I, I think I think there's a there's definitely a, a D1 D2 bias going on there, and um, if if yeah, I would I would I, I think one of those two teams will definitely be deserving if they well, can if they can stay undefeated. This this week, um, and I'm I'm not sure if last week was the same or not. Um, there are four teams, four D2 teams in the in the poll, which 
was uh, I don't think that happened at all last year. I think for most of the year it was two, maybe three at the towards the end. Um, but you know, there's um, of course you know you, you guys Dairy Fielder at four, uh, Dover's sixth, Portsmouth jumped up from eight to seven this week, and then Wyndham snuck in at at, at ten. Um, you know, and, and like I said, not much change. It was you know BG and Pinkerton again unanimous one two. Uh, Exeter stayed at three. Bedford was was five. Um, South Hegan dropped, and then Portsmouth and Londonderry moved up to seven and eight. Um, you know, but it's um, it's it's interesting to to kind of see that how the the breakdown of this because it's clear, you know, er, and and as we all expect, I think BG and Pinkerton, the the one two, you know, as more of these games get played, who you know, with Exeter playing Londonderry this week, um, Bedford has an interesting game Thursday night against uh, St. John's prep um you know that that i might tell us a little bit more about them where exactly they are um i'm, I'm drawing a blank but dover i think has a um, they've got i know they've got winniconnant and Wyndham coming up on their schedule yep. um portsmouth has like we said that game against londonderry so some of these teams are gonna gonna get to face each other yeah, Do uh, dover's got dover's got their tough stretch coming up more in may um you know they they play uh, they play us i think on the ninth and they play portsmouth a little bit later so um, they're they're easing into the season a little bit right now, but but obviously you know still putting up huge points and um, you know definitely one of the one of the top teams. Their their whole team was there and Coach Silveria was there watching uh, both us and Portsmouth battle on on uh, on Saturday night there. Any uh, any final thoughts to send us off this week? Yeah, I mean you know get a get a uh, on the girls side you know just uh, some some great games. Uh, Sauhegan traveled out to uh, Portsmouth. And uh, came away with a with a good win out there, uh, and then I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they had a, uh, a one goal win over over BG. A, was yeah, it double, a double double overtime, overtime double win, overtime which win there. You know, so the defending defending champs, not not afraid to play anybody, no. and uh, you know, showing that they are still the team to be reckoned with. You know, and and people often ask, you know, why do have switched to mostly covering lacrosse these days instead of some baseball and softball. Um, you know, and, and I just like the fact that, you know, you take that BG Sauhegan girls game as an example. They started at four, played double overtime. That game was done at 540. Uh, it's a nice quick afternoon, and it can go either go to another game or go you home know, and have myself know, an early dinner. You know what you're in for as far as time goes. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the big story to me on the girls' side is just the uh, the, the parity that's there. That, that, that tournament's going to be really exciting um, with, with Bedford, BG, Pinkerton, Sauhegan, and then even Londonderry and Exeter showing, having some, uh, making some noise early in the season there. So shaping I'm up to be a really good D1 uh, tournament for the girls. And the other team that you know that that I'm not 100% sure about, I'm hoping to see later this week is Merrimack. Um, they're kind of, I think, maybe maybe you know not quite the level as those top teams, but how far behind Exeter and Londonderry are they? How far ahead of you know the um, teams that are going to be fighting for that eight seed are they? They've got South on Friday night, which um, I think should be an interesting game. And then of course um, Pinkerton and Sauhegan right now, the only two teams left undefeated. They they don't play until May fifteenth. So yeah. I, you know it would be interesting if both of them make it to that game undefeated, but I don't know how likely that is. You know, I just I think uh, I think it's great that that Pinkerton's getting Pinkerton and Sauhegan are getting those early season wins. But again, you know, the 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 Bedford the Bedfords and, and BGs, you know, 
even though even though you beat them, you know, you, how comfortable can you feel when when you only when you squeaked out those wins? So um, it, it's going to make for a very ten, even the quarterfinal games I think are going to be good on the on the D one girls side this year. He is Dairy Field head coach Chris Hetler. Uh, Chris, thanks again for stopping in and chatting with us. Joe, uh, always fun. Looking forward to next week. Hopefully, we'll get back to the sunny skies. Say next it's week. eighty degrees next week. That's what they're saying right now. If that uh, if we're still there. In seven days, then uh, we'll have gone through the entire four seasons it'll be, in, about uh, it'll in be a one dust season. Bowl. Yeah. It'll be a dust bowl at Hollis while we'll, we'll be playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is uh, Dairy Field Coach Chris Hetler. Uh, I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.